You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to have you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. I want to start by acknowledging that this podcast is being recorded on the stolen and unceded land of the Susquehannock and Piscataway people native to this area known as Maryland, USA. Today, it is a collective that expands far beyond to include the lands and locations of its various collaborators and members. Hello, 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 y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, boy. This summer, um, this year, this spring, all of it. I'm just, I'm just going to say everything. This year has been a year. Um, This moment has been a moment. And (laughs) the interesting thing is I'm like, I don't know if that would ever not be true. I think that's always a thing. And at the same time, yeah, I just want to show gratitude for a minute. I am very appreciative for having the opportunity to be able to show up and share what I want to share, say what I want to say, whether you're taking this in an audio form or through the article that we create for accessibility. Just the fact that you are taking in this and you are considering what you know and what you don't know. And um, yeah, the big thing right now for me is I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and how much it means to know that you are willing to take in conversations that are sometimes not always easy and really are just to get you to think about the things that aren't always the easy things to consider Um, and how you can take that back into your work, your life, your homes, your families, your own consciousness. So this is just a moment of me showing gratitude for you. Thank you. You know, obviously we talk about a lot of things here, but I think it's worthwhile sometimes to have these purposeful moments where we really question how, uh, you know, capitalism, white supremacy, uh, colorism, any of these preconceived notions around people who and how they are, especially for communities that do not receive the same level of service and support as others, you know, how do all of these systems that are running as they were designed to, 
how do they shape our identities? You know, how we perceive ourselves and the way that other people uh, process us. And how is it that, you know, our resulting identities shape our experience of work, capitalism, the, 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 the way that we are a part of this system, honestly, even white supremacy, because as much as you can be a part of trying to dismantle it, the reality is, is that I'm no exception here. We're still a part of this because we have not been able to fully extract ourselves and to create something else, something that is new and better and more equitable and more considerate and more caring and less damaging and destructive and harmful. You know, we don't have anything else fully in place right now. We don't, it, it, it is thriving, sadly, you know, but when you really do think about what your reality is and how it intersects with these things, you know, what happens when you say enough is enough? That's capitalism for you. That voice that you just had, that was Gabby Day. Gabby left the beaten path of healthcare administration after her disillusionment with the organizational culture caused her chronic health conditions to explode. While stuck in bed with chronic fatigue and pain, Gabby taught herself cosmetic chemistry and started experimenting in the kitchen as she got stronger. In 2017, she launched Bright Body, her own line of non-toxic and refillable hair and skincare. After becoming a mom to twins in 2022, she launched Bright Body Baby, an extension of the line for little ones. Nowadays, she is a full-time entrepreneur and stay-at-home twin mom. When Gabby and I had our conversation, part of what we talked about as well was about how her family background, her ethnicity, um, coming from a uh, Brazilian dad and a white mom, and just her experiences within her lifetime with racism, it led her to decide to not participate in a traditional work culture. Growing up with you know, a family that included family members that had been political refugees that knew exactly what it meant to be very strong about what it was that mattered to them and to fully live their lives in that way. It's really in her DNA to lead with and to live through her values and what matters to her. And this, you know, strong political progressive type of attitude being something that she was not going to be able to leave behind in the workplace in any way, shape or form. The one thing is that's kind of been a thread that my sister and I have picked up on. It kind of skipped our parents' generation, but we've been very politically active not like we're, we're not protest in the street kind of people we're like write about it read about it talk about it kind of people mm-hmm. and that's what got my paternal grandfather in trouble in brazil is that he um was very proud progressive left-wing dude i mean he wasn't like a communist or anything but regardless when you have a fascist regi- regime and you are on the mm-hmm. other side of the spectrum you get targeted um somehow my dad is deaf both my parents are definitely on on the left but my sister and I have always been more vocal about that I think it's a product of being born and raised in the DC area just because government is right there and it's always top of mind and so that also shows up in how I run 
the business in terms of I'm never afraid to talk about where we stand on certain things. My whole childhood, I thought I wanted to be an architect. Fun fact. Well, I didn't expect that. I know. That was a left turn. I love design and worked really hard in school, was super nerdy, got to college. And then this is where I really started in not even intentionally, but started paying attention to like the impact of corporate culture and how social culture impacts corporate culture. And that started in a way that very much started the journey to where I am today as an entrepreneur. Like I started off in architecture school right away. It's super pretentious, right. <laughs> like painfully. So the interesting piece now is how was it that Gabby got from not only studying architecture, but to small business ownership? And spoiler alert, it involves some blatant racism. And it was the personal kind that is insidious and yet immensely harmful. The kind that's, quote unquote, not supposed to exist anymore. And while these specific experiences did have a negative impact on Gabby, she also learned a lot about herself and what she was and was not willing to put up with in the process. And there was actually a white boy who was a legacy admission, like his dad was a famous architect. And he looked me square in the eye and said, you know, the only reason that you're here is because you checked a box, right? I mean, I'm not surprised. And at the same time, it's like, really? For real. That was in 2008. So it wasn't, I mean, yes, it's been a hot minute since I've been in college, but that definitely, like I've, I've heard tropes of that my whole life. Like right. growing up, I'm very American, but I, you know, I'm right now I'm pale as hell because I haven't really seen the sun since my kids were born too much. <laughs> but as a, as a kid, when I actually like emerged from indoors, I was, you know, it was harder for me to hide my heritage because I was browner. That was just, that was a, a symptom of just this greater culture of, there was definitely some misogyny, some racism, elitism, classism in architecture that um, was just icky. So <laughs> the sad part about this is that the story that Gabby is sharing, I think that there are a number of people listening that you know, are able to be like, I hear myself in this. People that are taking in this article and reading this and thinking, I've 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 been this person or I've witnessed this and I didn't know what was wrong and now I do. Or I knew something about it just wasn't okay. And I just didn't know everything else that was attached to it because maybe I, you only saw a piece of it. And this is why it's so important to understand where your allyship efforts really can show up, how it is that you can support people around you when they're in situations, but also being able to decipher what is and is not okay. And when your gut, your intuition, your, your uh, you know, spidey sense, whatever it is, that there is something that is reminding you of what it is and is not okay to do when it comes to somebody's humanity. Nobody's humanity should ever feel invalidated. And the reality is, is that these are the types of experiences that we don't even realize, but sometimes they can feed into or trigger our bodies to respond. And sometimes we have chronic illnesses that are going to happen Anyway, because maybe this is something that this has just already been brewing in our bodies. And other times, the trauma of what we can experience can 
actually prompt things to come to the surface and bubble up. And the next thing we know, we are physically unwell. And now that unwell feeling that we carried inside manifests itself on the outside. And then I also got sick in college. It took a long time for me to get diagnosed, but I was having severe nerve pain, severe fatigue, migraines, all kinds of stuff. Eventually, um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and uh, the hypermobility type. There's a bunch of different types. And then POTS, which is a autonomic nervous system heart condition. I couldn't physically sit at my studio desk and you know, there were the studio architecture studio courses were like four hours at a time. And then you were expected to basically like live there and work on your assignments. And I just physically couldn't do it. And I hit kind of that point where I was so disillusioned with the culture and I physically couldn't do it. I was like, all right, I need to move on. And from there, I said, all right, I can take all that I've been through health wise and and my love of my grandparents and I have a mind for business. Why don't I go get my master's of health administration? So I did. I went to VCU. That's how I ended up here in Richmond, Virginia. And um, it's a top rated program. They were super happy to put my face on their promotional materials. Of course they were. Of course. goes back to the whole, like, you came out of, you know, this space of, the legacy dude wanting to be like, why are mm-hmm. you here? And then you go somewhere else and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to tell everybody you're here. Like, <laughs> it's a different side of the same coin. The interesting thing is when we think about spaces that are not inclusive, in order for things to be different, we have to shift who's in the room, who's being prioritized, who feels safe there, who can easily be there, and who knows that they are only there because they're there to check a box. And the thing about all of this is that it takes time to be able to shift it. However, even when you know you want to be a part of the change, that does not mean that you're exempt from hating some of the things that you have to experience as a part of this process. Just because you want to be a part of things being different, and that might mean that you have to go into environments that aren't great because you're going to get what you need so that you can then go create the change that you want to be a part of in the world. And some of the people that we encounter can make you absolutely question why the hell you made this choice and whether or not you can actually continue to be a part of these environments. He had like politician hair. Of course, he's a white guy. And (laughs) he was very slick, like right from the get, I was like, oh, he's a, he's a social climber. Like there's something going on. Like he's trying to collect me because he thinks that it'll be cool to have like, um, like an outspoken, smart Latina in his back pocket to be like, oh, see, look, I have a friend or I have a connection like this. So (laughs) as somebody that has been the one, the only, or one of the few in environments that were not diverse, I understand exactly what it means to be collected. It is when you have a homogenous group of people that often 
represent the majority, or at least the majority in this specific space, whatever that happens to be, and you happen to be the minority, the one of a few or the only. And people love to be able to say they have a black friend, an indigenous friend, a gay friend, a trans friend. People want to be able to utilize you as their, see, I'm safe. See, I know someone. See, I can't possibly be racist. I can't be harmful. They assume that their proximity to you, that their ability to share that they know you and they have you as a part of their inner circle, as they like to think it is, that somehow that's a get out of jail free card for them. That is a, I can't possibly be guilty of bad behavior. This makes me better. This makes me one of the good ones. That is immensely dangerous thinking. It is wrong. It tokenizes us and it makes us feel like tools. It makes us feel like props. It makes us feel like collateral that you simply want to go on a treasure hunt for because you like the acquisition of, you like the idea of us, but you don't respect us. And that is not okay. And that is why when you have projects similar to what you're about to hear, and you do have groups of people put together and you maybe don't understand the depth of the lack of respect, not only just respect as a person, but just the respect for your humanity. When that is not there, it can cause people to feel like I'm not safe here, but I can't pull myself out. Or even worse, it can make you question, am I safe? And maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe it's not as bad as I think it is because the system wants us all to believe that it's never as bad as it truly feels to us and that we need to be able to tolerate it because of the people that it benefits. And this is not okay. And so often actions happen that are detrimental, traumatizing, trifling, and absolutely wrong. And we are simply trying to figure out, is this me? Is this you? What's going on? But I was just like, what? Like, why are you doing that? And he would just give me this infuriating, like a white boy smirk. Like he knew what he was doing. He was trying, he was trying to get a rise out of me. And like right. I would have loved to have been like, it's not working, but it did work because right. you don't just get to use a racial slur around someone and then have nothing happen. I kept I trying to explain it to him and he Oh, no. Just didn't give a shit. He, he didn't, he didn't he knew what he was doing. No. Right. But if, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Just no. Now, Gabby was able to recognize that this was not okay. But that's a process to even get to that point of like, absolutely not. This is wrong. This is not acceptable. This is not how people are, are, are to be treated. And it's absolutely not how I am willing to be treated. And when she took the time to report this continued harassment, this continued racism, and and, and just digging away at who and how she is, sadly, and not surprisingly, she wasn't supportive. The chair of the department was like, 
just basically telling me that I needed to get over it. I was shocked, but I guess I shouldn't have been shocked. I, I had more faith. It was like they were really, they were so excited to have my name on promotional materials, my voice and name with my title card on video promotional materials. But when it came to actually protecting that brown girl that they wanted to parade around, they didn't give a shit. I was so angry. And then people who I still, I consider my friends to this day, many of whom have since apologized, were defending him, basically saying, you should have never gone to anyone and talked to them about it. You just, you're doing this because you don't like him. Cause like I had had the ick from him in the beginning. And they're like, you just, you're just making a big deal about it because you don't like them. I've always been very proud of my culture. And then actually going through that, it could have sent me in two directions. It could have made me kind of want to shy away from it because of that experience, but it made right. me just more emboldened. So this is where I'm going to take a quick moment and pause. And I want to explain a term to you that I've used here before. And we've talked about what it means, but I have to be sure to give you a really, you know, clinical type of definition on this. And I'm going to suggest that you also go and learn more about not only what it means from a textbook perspective, but what it is in practice so that you can begin to recognize when it's actually happening. And it's the term gaslighting. And from Medical News Today, I'm reading this um, from an article, which I can also link back to if you want to go ahead and start there. And again, continue to do your own research. Gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse in which a person or group causes someone to question their own sanity, memories, or perception of reality. People who experience gaslighting may feel confused anxious, or as though they cannot trust themselves. This is what was happening in this situation because this was a place to where Gabby knew what she felt. And yet, somehow or another, she was almost prompted to kind of come back into herself and be like, well, maybe that's not it. And that is what keeps racism going because it makes too many of us that are so intimately close to when it happens, unable to always truly recognize it in its large and small forms and have the safety and support to call it out, call it what it is, and for something to change and those that are perpetrating this harmful abuse to be held accountable. The gaslighting, honestly, is the word because mm -hmm. there's the health part of it where people want to love and light away mm -hmm. the things that they don't want to deal with or are too difficult to deal with, especially when it is um, showing up in intersection with other things that they do not understand, nor do they choose to want to understand. But then again, just the gaslighting of, am I receiving the racist treatment? that I am pretty sure I'm receiving. Mm -hmm. Am I being tokenized mm -hmm. because of just being me or, 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 you know, or, or, or did I somehow miss something? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, am I overthinking the way that my body is viscerally reacting to 100%. what's happening? I had those moments where it was like after I had, I forget who it was that I had spoken to the Dean or the chair or whoever, there was like a class outing to the local like minor league baseball team. And I remember literally just like shaking with rage that I had to be 
in close proximity to this motherfucker who had this big old smile on his face and was palling around with people who were my friends after all that he's just had just gotten purely gotten away with without any consequence. That experience really shaped like how I view my identity and my heritage and like how I stand up for it and just unapologetic. It made me more unapologetic in my identity. I was so stressed kind of with my own disillusionment with it and then also hearing stories because so many people would come to me and tell me these nightmare stories about that kind of thing, about racist shit, about sexist shit. And I just internalized all of it until my health like literally exploded. And I had to take FMLA. I was basically laid up in bed 24-7. Neuropathy was off the charts. Fatigue was off the charts. I was back on like IV infusions and the whole deal. But that was the final nail in the concept of like a traditional career coffin because I knew I could I couldn't do that. I could I couldn't do that. I know there are other organizations with different cultures, but I could not I could not Goldilocks that and I could not test out anymore. <laughs> so I want to take a minute here to acknowledge the fact that mental health is not separate from physical health, specifically when we are addressing disabled or chronically um, ill individuals. And the reason that I think this comes up is because when we think about the immense need to reduce stress and to identify where stress is induced by things like gaslighting um, and how it comes in these large and small ways from racism, from discrimination, from white supremacy culture, from capitalism, these are huge concerns and these aren't they're not small. And it causes immense, immense harm. And I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that if we're going to talk about mental health, if we're going to talk about physical health, we can't talk about one without the other. So this is just going to be my opportunity to suggest three creators that I think are really, really supportive and genius in their way of uh, addressing mental health as well as physical health and where some of these intersections are. One is Imani um, Barbarin, and I'm going to put all the, make sure you have all the links here. And on Instagram, uh, she is crutches and spice. And the way that Imani will give you the truth, I am fully here for it. Love it. Uh, Another is Blair Imani Ali at Blair Imani. Blair does such a great smarter in seconds. Like she has, she now has a book for it, but the way that it has just been such a part of the way that she creates content and it gives you these moments of like, Oh, I didn't think about that. And now I need to. And the mental and physical and cultural pieces absolutely show up there. And I have to bring in the therapy part and I'm actually going to bring in minds in motion and it's minds. M-I-N-D-S underscore N underscore motion underscore therapy. And this is a uh, mental health private practice that's in Baltimore and it's black men. And there's not enough black people, let alone black men in 
the therapy industry. So I had to bring that in because why not? So those are just three people that can begin to give you a place to start. If you want to explore, again, mental health, physical health, and how some of these things are existing, that's just a little something for you to consider. Now, the part here that I think is so important that I want to make sure you understand is that you want to receive support when you are trying to navigate your mental and physical health uh, journey. Because doing it alone does not give you all of the aspects that you need. And it can be very lonely and sometimes detrimental. Because a lot of what Gabby is going to continue to tell you about here is the fact that she really started building herself back up after school. And because of the fact that she loved to learn, she had the benefit of having this voracious desire to continue to go. But everyone doesn't. So take this as a reminder that if you don't always have what you need within you, there are options out there. It's just a matter of trying to find them, letting other people know that you might need them because you never know what they might have that you don't yet know exist or have access to. This is where we support one another. I'm a very like nerdy, like I said, person. I love like learning is my addiction. I don't have an addictive personality otherwise, except for when it comes to like just collecting skills and knowledge. It's just like I genuinely enjoy it. I don't know why it's just how I'm built. And I feel like that's how my parents are, how my grandparents were. And um, I started reading ingredient lists. Like I already studied yoga and Ayurveda at this point. And I thought, okay, I'm good with nutrition. I listened to the doctors. Like, what the hell else can I do to give my immune system a break? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, all right, let me let me just read these ingredient lists. And then I basically fell down a cosmetic chemistry rabbit hole and never came out. So I, ta- <laughs> I, I taught myself cosmetic chemistry, like the foundations of it over about 18 months. As I got stronger with treatment, I started piddling around in the kitchen and experimenting and testing. And then I launched Bright Body in October of 2017. I've been refining and adjusting and reformulating and growing ever ever since, like as a formulator, as a business owner. The reality is, is that there are detrimental experiences that we may experience in our lives personally, professionally, internally, and externally. And if we have the strength and the capacity to be able to identify what it is that we can do to shift this experience to having teachable aspects to it that we can take in and figure out what are we going to do with it next, it still may not all of a sudden become a positive experience. The most that we may be able to expect sometimes is that with our own time and processing support of therapy, even therapy modalities similar to like an EMDR, now also going to acknowledge I am not a therapist. This is not healthcare advice that I'm giving. This is simply me giving advice, things that you can look into and what you can do for yourself. However, Pause on the Play is not a mental health podcast. I am not a therapist. This is simply me giving context not advice. But there's an opportunity for you to, within your own time and to the best of your ability, figure out how it is that you can 
take this negative experience and recognize choices and opportunities within what happened. It's um, certainly not easy, but I feel like all like my cultural identity, where I grew up, all these experiences show up in how I run the business, you know, and how I hope to be as a, a, a boss, a manager, how I hope to be just as a leader in general, how I, sh- you know, show up leading with my values first and being unapologetic about that. Um, those who mind don't matter um, and those who matter don't mind. And just leaning into values driven leadership and values driven just small business ownership even if people are like well what does that even have to do with skin and hair care and baby care i'm like the personal is political and this business Mm -hmm. is personal to me yes okay and we're starting to close it out which is the thing that is so important um to be able to figure out how we can come back around and again you got an opportunity to hear Part of this conversation that I had with Gabby, Gabby is just like I like she is such an amazing human and she inspires me. I think she is funny. She is charismatic. She is intelligent. She, you know, is dedicated to what matters to her and the change that she wants to create. And she's creating amazing products. And she has taken everything that has been given to her through her DNA and through her life experiences and continue to figure out how can I make this an experience that is informed, not limited by these things. That is what makes Gabby so awesome. And I mean, you you gotta go check out more about her. I would say the spiciest takes are on TikTok. Um, that's that's where I reserve my uh, my full Enneagram 8 Aries self. And that's at It's Gabby Day. Uh, Gabby spelled G-A-B-I. And then I'm on Instagram at My Bright Body and also at Bright Body Baby. And then the websites follow those handles. So MyBrightBody.com and BrightBodyBaby.com. I love that. So before we go, if you were to just want people to pick up one piece of knowledge or no one action that they could go take based on this conversation, what would you Mm. suggest? Lean into unapologetic identity. I think Mm. that would be it. Um, I've always been, you know, hardheaded and outspoken and opinionated, but things in life, tell you to be you know be quieter be smaller and then the older I get the more the more cozy I'm getting in my own skin and my own identity still learning and growing of course it's certainly not in its final form but I think learning to be more unapologetic in who you are is a pretty liberating experience I couldn't agree more thank you thank you So, I mean, I know this episode was a little different structure-wise. I mean, again, we're playing around here. We're trying to experiment. And I actually really love this. I love being able to have this episode really be able to bring in these, these, you know, big kind of exclamation 
points within this conversation, but also for me to be able to be like, yeah, and here's kind of my commentary on it because I want you to be able to draw from it what you need to draw in. I want to be able to share with you my thoughts, but this is an opportunity for you to explore what is the reality for those that are different from you and how it is that this can inform the way that you show up, the way you prompt others around you to show up, what it is that you can do differently in your life and in your world. And for just even considering that, for letting people that I hold in high regard, people whose stories that I want to share with you, people that I just want to be in conversation with, and let's see what happens. For letting all of that happen, I appreciate you for being willing to show up here as we're having these real conversations, you know, trying to challenge the things that need to be challenged and normalizing, you know, that challenging and making it a part of our everyday exchanges. So grateful for you. Thank you so much. Together, this is how we can continue to have purposeful, life-changing conversations, removing stigma and creating real change and connection. Crossing lines, recreating boundaries so we can all support and not separate. Together, let's continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?